Today on Red Dead Radio. Oh, am I saying it now? Yeah. Okay, but we'll do it again. Actually, Good. we'll just use that. Hi, friends. Welcome to Red Dead Radio, the Red Dead Redemption podcast. I'm your host, Jared Petty. And as always, we're joined... No, what the... Jesus Christ. Are our tentacles going to pop out of your sides? We're going straight to the Wild Wild Guest. We're going straight to the Wild Wild Guest. We're going straight to the Wild Wild Guest. Yeah. No, I'm serious. Are tentacles going to fucking pop out of you? That I was a mistake. Yeah, I stumbled over the words. And, no, I, I, I fully am aware of what happened, but the noise and the face that you made was quite horrifying. I want to start over because I've missed you. The How are you? No, we're not starting over. <laughs> no, we're, we're doing it. Right this in. is the show. I've missed you too. Welcome back, Stockton. This is my Channing. game of the year right here. Yeah, game of the year. That's what we're talking about here on the show today. Game of the year, Red Dead Redemption and otherwise. What's its place in the game of the year pantheon? We'll get to that in a moment. But first, we need to thank our Patreon producers, Dan Vale, Tom Bach, Stuart Ferguson, and Jonathan, whose generous support makes the show possible. Hell also, yes. Reddit Radio, made in partnership with US Gamer. Go to usgamer.net or usgamer.net on all the socials to find out all kinds of wonderful things about Red Dead Redemption and other games. Things like their Red Dead Redemption 2 FAQ. You can check it out right now. Got all kinds of neat little things in there in that FAQ. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, in addition mm-hmm. to this, that, and the other, we don't have a sponsor this week. Instead, I want to turn your attention to my twitter.com slash pettycomajera. That's my name, P-E-T-T-Y. You just introduced a Twitter account in the most ludicrous possible way i did but i want people to go specifically to my account okay uh, to jared petty's Twitter. not to my account no to not to my account. unless you choose to be part of this too because pinned to the top of my account you're going to find a gofundme for chloe rad your co-worker yes, and my friend absolutely you will actually find that pinned at the top of my well account. there we go you can go to john ryan's what's your twitter my twitter is at us of jr okay and at us of jr or at petty comma jared you're going to find a pinned GoFundMe. Now, you hear a lot about GoFundMes, and you wonder, can I trust the person, this, that, and the other? I'm telling you you can trust this person. Yeah, Chloe's just my favorite person in video games, period, in the industry. I like him fine, but sorry, she's way better. Fucking wow. I mean, you're not wrong, but like, yeah, Clo- wow. Chloe's dad, hearing it out loud stings yeah. a little. Well, Chloe's dad has cancer, and uh, medical care in the United States is a horrible mess. It's and, really quite terrible. Uh, I've been through that firsthand. Uh, someone once helped me by creating a GoFundMe uh, for me uh, as a really pleasant surprise, and it changed my life. If you have the ability to give, I hope that you will. Again, you can find that at the top of my uh, Twitter. This is somebody who's integral and good and honest and just deserves your help, and I hope yeah. that you will do that if you can. Uh, you can vouch for for the— You know, 100%. I mean, it's— <laughs> Just Chloe is a very, very, very good person and a very dear friend, and it has uh, been such a shame to see things unfold the way that they have. Yeah. Um, and like you said, uh, our healthcare system in this country is horrifically broken. Uh, <laughs> so it's a really sad state when crowdfunding is your best form of insurance. But so please, if you can, give uh, to a very, 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 very good and worthwhile cause. So that said, uh, that, that's the uh, preliminary for the episode today. And we are jumping right in. Topic of the show today, Game of the Year. So, Saints Row 2. Saints Row 2. That's, Saints I, Row is that 2. always your Game of the Year every year? Doesn't matter in the year? I mean, sometimes it's Saints Row 3. But <sighs> Who's the YouTuber? I forget no, that, and that every year gives Super Mario Brothers 2 Game of the Year after its discussion. <laughs> I forget. I, I don't know who it is, but that sounds like a great idea. That's somebody's that's stick. I can't remember good. who it is. That's, a, gives, good, that's yeah. a good bit. Yeah, he, he gives a really long, passionate argument for Game of the Year and then always gives it to Mario 2. I can't remember who that is right Excellent. now. Somebody write to us and tell us that, please. We've each created lists. It was going to be five, but now it's six It's nebulous. Games. It's, it's, look, everybody has a bunch of games that they love every year. Yeah. 
Like, I think th- this is part of the problem of, of, like, internet content creation that is sort of problematic in that, like, you need to have set boundaries and numbers. And I'm just like, I just like a bunch of fucking games, man. Yeah, and this game, this show is a mess anyway, so why not uh, go... Look, this is not to... any of the fine content that I produce on IGN.com. No, that, the very, very in... refined content there. Yeah. Now, this is a complete I mean, grease fire. I'm very good. But yeah, both of us obviously big fans of Red Dead. Both yeah. of us think it's a game of the year contender. Do we think Red Dead Redemption Two is the game of the year? You're going to find out here a little later tonight. But right now we're going to go through each of these back and forth. Our list of possible contenders. That's a very long, much list. longer, much. So I'm I'm sad because this is a list that I actually haven't played many, 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 many things on. Yeah. Well, so as I may have brought up before in in my time on the show, uh, so I work for IGN's wiki department. If you are unaware of that, still. Uh, which makes it kind of difficult to play everything that comes yeah. out. Now, it, a lot of people who are in games media, games press, uh, you know, YouTube, all of the sort of pantheon of people who play games for money, um, a lot of folks have the luxury of being able to play almost everything that comes out, at right. least a little bit. Yeah, they can sample. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, writing guides for games kind of means that we have to play things very, very intensely for an extended period of time. Right. It's like, um, and it's it, not a bad thing. Like, I love the work that I do, and I'm so very glad and honored that I get to do it. Yeah. Because it, I mean, ultimately, like, I feel like it's some of the most helpful games writing out there. No, I have an um, analogy for this. It's okay. like going to Costco. You're both going to Costco. You and the person that's doing more of a general purpose okay. look at games. I like Costco. They have good you hot dogs. You get to Costco. Well, this is what happens. I can get 12 they, for seventeen ninety nine. They go directly to the sample section. You know the sample section that's set up on Sunday? Oh, like yeah. over by the, okay. Oh, yeah. And they walk yeah, through. I'm walk into Costco and get tiny little porks and blankets. Yeah, they're getting. They're tasting the cheese and they're tasting the hot dogs and they're taking the... think of porks. Well, yeah. Porks and blankets sounds like... You were at my that. Christmas party last year, right? I was, yes. You did have pork and blanket. You did. Pulled, yeah, you we did. pulled pork. I was so yeah, proud. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. It was really um, good. They go to the sample. You, on the other hand, go straight to the hot dog stand, mm-hmm. and you order 70 hot dogs, and then you have to eat them all at one <laughs> sitting. That's what guide writing is like. <laughs> kind of, With yeah. the same toppings. 70 yeah. hot dogs with the same exactly. toppings. Exactly. You get real familiar with the taste of that hot exactly. dog. Exactly. What, like... 20 of them will have relish, 20 of them will have mustard, 20 of them will have ketchup, and then 10 of them will be plain. And that's what you do. And Um, the hot dog's delicious, but after 68 or 69, nice. Uh, hot dogs. Nice. There we go. Um, so it's not, and it's not that like I get tired of hot dogs. To yeah. Say. Like I, I, it's not that I don't like the games. In fact, many of the games that I end up playing for work do end up on my goatee list because they're good games. Yeah, I'm looking at it right um, here, and several of these are ones you worked on. So yeah. So the the problem is though, I also then miss out on a lot of the smaller things. Yeah. Um, well, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good Christmas for John Ryan because what a year for games. Right. I, yeah. This is. A landmark year for video games. I feel like it's just been that way for the last like four years. Like every year on top, stacking on top. Look, every year has had its pitfalls. Yeah, but also every year has had its like amazing, like holy shit. Last year and this year, one of the best two year runs we've ever had. Yeah, like 2017-2018 is has yep. been mind blowingly good. But I mean, it's also had some staggering fails. Like, look at. <laughs> Do I need to fucking bring up Todd Howard's latest baby? Oh, like, look, I'm sorry, man. Fallout 76 is not a good game. It's a mess. It's a hot fucking mess. Listen, are you just angry about your canvas bag? Or are you empty? Or are you angry about being doxxed you... afterward? <laughs> it's both. <laughs> no, it's, tech support. it's the fact of like, hey, here's this game. It's out in six months. You don't know what it is. Right. Hey, there's a preview happening for this game. This is what it is loosely and sort of maybe what the gameplay will be like. Okay. What about this? 
We'll tell you about it later. The game comes out in beta. This isn't that good. This yeah. is kind of broken. We're going to fix it. Don't worry. The game comes out. You didn't fix it. Yeah, it was. I, I hate seeing that happen. Me too. Really and me, I do too. And like, this isn't me just being like, oh, fuck Bethesda. No, no, no. Like, I love a, Bethesda's games. Yeah, I they really, really made do. a mistake. And I think they've earned some love over the last. You, you yeah, look, look at look, Prey they, and Dishonored and they Doom and Fallout of Four. And yeah, for me to say, for me to look at their next thing down the line. You know whether it's gonna be what is their next thing? Is it is it Wolfenstein or is it Doom Two? Uh, Doom, Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal, I think, is their next release. I okay. believe the first Doom earned so many fucking kudos. Points. That game was great. It was so good. So like, oh I'm not gosh. gonna not play Doom Two. Yeah, and I'm not gonna not call it Doom Two. Either. Right. I don't give a shit if it's Doom Eternal. It's Doom. No, we'll call it it's Doom, Doom Two. Two. Let's call it Doom Two, um, please. So. You know, every year has its really horrid disappointments. Right. Like, but this year is so full of good games. Exactly. So I'm going to read down the, the big master list we yes, made here. I'm sure we missed you. stuff, by the way. And then we're going to go back and forth between each of our top six. And then we're going to talk about Red Dead. And sorry, we're already off the rails. Those of you familiar with the show know this is how it goes. Yeah. You were like, oh, this is going to be a half hour episode. I'm like, okay. <laughs> John Ryan's okay. like, I scoff at you. Celeste, The Messenger, Monster Hunter World. Shadow of the Colossus remake. And yes, we're allowing that remake to make the list because it's such an awesome game. It may as well be a new game. Dragon Quest Eleven, Octopath Traveler, Part-Time UFO. I stuck that on there. That's right. Valkyria Chronicles 4, Into the Breach, Minute, Shin Megami Tensei, Strange Journey, Redo. Redo. I'm sorry, one more time with that one. Shin Megami Tensei, Strange Journey, Redo. Redo. Whatever. You mean Redux? Hot Hot Shots Part 2. Redux. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know how to say it. Part Ducks. Part Ducks, exactly. Americans, goddammit. Yep. Uh, the Bloodstained 8-Bit prequel, which was way better than it had any business being. 100% missed it's so that so good. Huh? 100% missed that Oh, Literally John. no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so you know Bloodstained, like Iga's new game that he's working on, the Castlevania that's not Castlevania? Yes, it is. Inti Creates created an 8-Bit prequel to that game. Cool. And All right. it's so good. Cool. It's like Castlevania 3.5, and it's it's beautiful. Right, I'm into that. It's a great game. That. Uh, that said, uh, on top of that, WarioWare Gold. Uh, Sam Claiborne always loving to talk about that game, and he's right. It's a great game. You okay. played it? No. I, again, I've played fewer than half of the games on this list. Probably the best WarioWare. Um, I don't know, man. WarioWare Wii was oh, something. That hot potato that was mode. Something. That hot potato mode was so good. God. Oh, my gosh. Donut County, Mega Man 11, Florence, Astrobot, Red Dead Redemption 2, Tetris Effect. Smash Brothers, Oberdin, God of War, Gris, and we probably missed some there. Oh, and oh, by I'm the sure way, Red Dead Redemption. Oh, wait, you said that one already. Right. You got it. It's also the name of the show, so like it's probably on the list. Probably on the list somewhere. No, we're going to talk about how it doesn't belong there the whole time. That's our, that's, <laughs> this is our heel turn right here. <laughs> that's it. This entire show right now, we're just going to come out and I'm smash Rockstar with a chair. It was a long con. <laughs> Welcome this to... This game fucking sucks! Yeah, NWO, we're going to... we got black jerseys on underneath, like shirtless things. God damn That's right. Going to throw somebody through the Spanish announcer table the right like, there. This is all in good fun, but I would 100% play on a tag team wrestling team with you. Well, thank 100%. you. 100%. We can do Hood Slam. Okay, I'm into that. Yeah, I'm not sure I am because I'm weak. I mean, I am too, but that's the whole point. It's that's wrestling. That is what Hood it's Slam. If you're not familiar with Hood Slam, that's the local wrestling. It's so league good over and Oakland. so much fun. So, John Ryan, you and I are each using our own individual criterion for Game of the Year because one of the things about Game of the Year discussions is they don't mean the same thing. To they everybody. really don't, and this is a the problem that I've sort of run into a lot yeah. since I started working in Games Press. Um, I don't know about your personal criteria. For me, 
a, a lot of people do games uh, game of the year as in this is empirically the best game of the year. It uh-huh. is the most well made. It is the best told story. It has the biggest, coolest cast. It blah 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 blah. It's the best of the best of the best of the best of the best, sir. Um, for me, it's a little bit more like Time Magazine. Okay. Where if you're unfamiliar, uh, Time Magazine's Person of the Year is less about like who was the best person this year uh-huh. uh, because we all know in 2016 that person did not get the Times Person of the Year. Okay. Um, or was it 2015? I don't know. Uh, well, expound. Uh, continue. What continue. year was his shit Hillary? I don't remember. Times. Okay. Anyways, Times Person of the Year is basically like who's the most influential person of the year. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's sort of how I approach Game of the Year. Like, like the zeitgeist? It's a combination of like, what did I love best and also what did I find most exciting in the zeitgeist? Yes. Cool. Okay. That's, <laughs> so that's your interpretation you're coming from. There are a lot of different valid ways to approach this. Everybody exactly. has a different feeling and, and thought about it. Um, you know, so I work for IGN and like, I will probably have a very different list of best of nominees than IGN does. Uh-huh. Because uh, you're approaching it from a different exactly. perspective. Like you can check out our list right now. It's up on the site. It's been up since a couple of days ago yeah but like my personal list is very different than that one and that's that's how these things work because ultimately lists awards things that they're buckets they're places for us to organize information and think about things it's just like when you you know back in the day you'd walk into a video store and there'd be sections labeled this that and the other and that was just a way of conveniently finding things but it doesn't mean anything right what what, really what's the difference between a horror movie an action movie and a thriller they they overlap to a degree it's the same with games for me i tend to approach these my criterion are kind of a combination of how compelling was it how does it contextually and subjectively compare to its peers in terms of artistic merit design philosophy state of the art and contextually how does it build on what's come before yep uh in the industry and so that's where i'm coming from we have different criteria even here okay enough of that set piece John, what's your first nominee? So in no particular order, okay. I'm just going to slam these down. Um, the first one on my list is uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Sumabara! There it is. All right. Um, and again, this is mostly, this is definitely a quality one, but it's also largely a zeitgeist one. Because from the second that we knew it was coming, yeah. everyone was on the edge of their seats, standing up like, oh, shit! <laughs> and then when they ever, you know, started going down, it's like, hey, guess what? It's every fucking fighter who's ever been in Smash. Yeah. Like, ev- every single drop about this game, every fighter reveal, every stage reveal, once they were like, hey, guess what? There's a whole single-player story mode, whatever. I feel like every time one of these games is announced since, like, the third one or so, since probably around Brawl, at that yeah. point, when we've just been acclimated into the culture, because I've played since N64, and uh, I've been playing Smash through every generation. But around the third I'm generation... I'm fucking terrible at if it. You're, oh, so am I. I'm terrible. It's been like, the announcement of a new Smash game is like, chocolate cake for dinner! You know exactly what you're getting, and you know it's going to be really chocolate good. Chocolate cake for dinner! Yes, chocolate cake for dinner. Very good. Thank you. But the announcement Daddy. of Smash Ultimate was like, chocolate cake for dinner, and we're having pie tonight. Exactly. Like that was, Exactly. You know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah. And then fucking, like, whenever at the Game Awards last week, they were like, oh, hey, by the way, the first DLC character is fucking Joker from Persona 5. Like, like holy shit. Yeah. Like, that's fucking, that's ludicrous. It's fun. It's And, it, and like, it fits perfectly well. I predicted um, it was going to be an at, or a, a Persona character, but I thought we'd get Chie. Um, but I was out of this again. Joker more popular. I understand currently. Yeah, I, I'm still waiting for just more from the Metal Gear franchise to show up. I think like, that'll happen. I just want the box to be a Ooh. fighter. 
That'd be amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, actually, I would really love Revolver Ocelot. That's the one that I'm like always going to be hoping Revolver for. Revolver Ocelot would be perfect for Smash. And, right, because all he does is fucking spin guns. Yeah. The whole amazing. fucking time. Yeah, it's just like... Right? And sometimes, you know, costumes and assist trophies can be, yes. you know, indicators that, that other fighters yeah. are coming later on. But, um, so, all right, that's, so Smash, that's, because that's one of the ones event. on my list for me. Great. Okay, going back to my side, The Messenger, uh, a game that I did not know I was going to like as much as I did. I swear to you, this is not Jared doing the I like old things thing. The Messenger is not an old game. It looks like an old game, but it is deeply informed by contemporary design aesthetic. Have you played it at all? I have not, sadly. This is one of the ones that I've missed on. And Chloe's also been trying to get me to play it for forever. So when you first start playing it, like, wow, this is a really, really, really well-designed action platformer. And you're like, wow, this is really, really, really well-designed action platformer in a certain aesthetic and style. And the music's bodacious. And wow, it's funny. Man, it's funny. Okay. How is it so funny? And then it becomes so much more. And that's that's all I'm going to give you. All right. I'm into um, that. It's a great essay on game design. Cool. Uh, and uh, I think that anyone that loves video games, regardless of the genres you enjoy, will get a kick out of The Messenger. And the longer you play, the better it gets. Interesting. Uh, we'll have to check thing. that one out. Yeah. This, this is also what I love about Game of the Year stuff, where it's like, when we have the chance to catch up, like, hey, did you play this? Hey, did you play this? No. Cool. Now I know how I'm going to spend my next two weeks. Okay, yeah. Like, because, you know, we've got off for the holidays. So it's like, I've got 12 days in which to do fuck all, except for download and play all of these things that I missed out on. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me... A the Messenger. The Messenger. Yep. There were, well, sorry, I, what were you going to say? No, no. When I was joke. a child, I wrote The Twelve Days of Christmas about video games. Oh, my God. What was Five Gold Rings? Uh, I don't remember Five Gold Rings. Well, no, i sure I can remember if I give it time. But the first one was A Cartridge and an Atari. I remember that. A Cartridge and an Atari. I was not a good yeah. rhymer. I was like six. Okay. Cartridge and an Atari. Yeah, no, you got it. That works. I, I was that very, very young. Yeah, that was about arcade games. So I was like, what was it? It was Five Oh, man, I'll remember. Please, by the end of the episode, we got to hear it. We'll get there. All right. Uh, all right, so back to you for your second. Again, no particular order. Um, okay, so again, this, is, this isn't this is like my second best game of the year. Uh, Monster Hunter World. Whoa! Um, this is one of the ones that I spent an inordinate amount of time working on in the guy's land. It was also my first Monster Hunter game. This was your first Monster Hunter? This was my Hunter. first Monster Hunter game. And I also think... That it was a lot of people's first Monster Hunter game. Yeah, I think so too. Obviously, it, was, it was designed to be a right. lot of people's first Monster Hunter game. And I think that in that respect, like it's definitely got, I think for some of the folks who make up like the core gaming audience these days, it definitely has a little bit of an overly repetitive nature to it that's not necessarily as uh, sort of fast paced and is sort of not as frenetic as some other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the loop that they've created and like, you know, run, craft, or hunt, craft, kill, or Jesus, the brain, sorry. Hunt, craft, track, kill, skin. That's the one. <laughs> Return, craft again, yeah. repeat. Um, it's just so satisfying. And it's such an interesting world that they've built. It's weird, ain't it? It's very strange, but none of it felt out of place. Yeah. And I think that's one of the greatest things that a that a that a world design team can do where it's like hey you're gonna fly in dirigibles and also fight giant dragons that are the size of mountains also you have a pet cat that can sort of talk but not really yep like that's do you, do you think t.s Eliot imagined palico cats when he was thinking of jellico cats i mean do you think it was a little i bit hope about, so i think so i hope so definitely i was up way too late the other night watching logan's run again and peter again? Houston off is talking about jellico cats and i was like well i forgot this happened so but 
that's beside the point. Back to you. Back to me again. Uh, so one of mine right now, Dragon Quest XI, uh, a game that okay. I thoroughly was impressed by. Right. Uh, missed did, that one entirely too. Yeah, and and that's like eighty hours worth of missing right there. Um, that is it's a, a JRPG game. though, right? It's a JRPG, largely hard pass for old JR. Yeah, and it is Dragon Quest is not just a JRPG; it's the, it is the JRPG. Okay. Right, yeah, it, well, it is. It's the OG JRPG. Okay. I mean, um, uh, there were JR, Black Onyx is probably uh, the the most important like produced in the country one before that, but Dragon Quest is the one that set the standard not just for JRPGs but the way we. Think about contemporary RPGs. Interesting. And it kicked oh, open the door and was like, I'm here, bitches. Yes. And which is funny because stateside, it's never been that big a deal. Yeah. This is one of the first ones that I can recall really having there be a lot of buzz around. But in Japan, oh, of course. it has forged the trail for well, that's all why these there's 11 of them that have then made their way into American right. design again and loop back around. So it's still hmm. enormously influential. Um, but yeah, 11 is deliberately evocative of one in many ways but uh, despite the fact that there are some places where i ran into a thing here or a thing there i was like yeah i'm not crazy about the story and i'm not crazy about this or that but the f- it is just such pure great exploration and dungeoneering done done great. to a yeah like it makes turn-based combat good and that's hard to that's do. That's really fucking hard to do. Yeah. That's really hard to do. Like, and that's that's the largest that's the biggest reason for me that I try like not try, but like why I usually choose to avoid JRPGs is because I really, really, really can't stand turn based combat unless mm-hmm. it's done exceptionally well. And it's, it's so rarely done that way. Simple, exceptionally well, and no random encounters. Um, so you don't have that at all. I love that. That's yeah. really good. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. I only fight the monsters I want to fight. Yeah, only the monsters you want to fight. Well, goddamn sign me up. Yeah, it's a good game. Cool. Um, and, and anybody that didn't play it, uh, you're missing out. It, it's it's exceptional, and you want to talk about the value. And that's another one where it starts pretty good, and then the like the post game is the best part of that game. Like Interesting. It, is, it okay. is just really a deep, huge... I'm not... Cool. Like, that's not like 80 with some extras. That's like a solid... That's just what you do if you're just kind of playing it's a the solid game. 80 and then you keep playing. Yeah, that's amazing. It's it's quite a game. All right, back to cool. you. Um, next on my no particular order list is Gris. Oh, okay. A controversial choice, perhaps. Yeah, it is circles. one that's, that's, that's sort of, there's a lot of uh, debate happening around, especially the last couple of days. Um, it's also one that I'm ashamed to say that I haven't fully finished yet. That's so okay. this could get knocked off my list, but I doubt that it will. Well, it's right now. Um, this is the list for My tonight. experience with Chris so far has been moving. It has been fun. Uh, it, it really has been very, very special. Um, if you aren't familiar with Gris, uh, you've played it yet? You've... No, I haven't played Gris yet. Uh, Gris is this really, 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 really simple indie platformer mm-hmm. um, with this gorgeous, gorgeous art style. And it is a really, truly beautiful game about healing from trauma. Okay. And it tells sort of, it, it's not, there's not a specific story. It's not like this girl is like, this terrible thing happened to me and these are the steps that I need to take to get back. It's more so about the sort of idea of rebuilding your life once everything you know has been shattered and how, in a very abstracted sense, all of those systems sort of have to come back together to make you whole again. And not necessarily whole, but able to face the rest of the world. Um, 
the the very first time that I saw it and played it was at PAX West, and I'm not ashamed to admit that I cried yeah. at a demo on the show floor. Really got you. It really, it really, really got me because it's got a beautiful, beautiful score, great art style. Um, again, the gameplay is very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know a lot of people have Celeste in their game of the year list, and it is, like I love what I've played of Celeste so far. Mm-hmm. Um, this is much more journey-like than it is like a hardcore platform. Now, I love that you, you just provided a superb segue because my next game is Celeste. Look at that! A game Holy also shit. themed about dealing with issues in our lives. Which I although love. less about trauma than about anxiety yes. and and uh, feelings of imposter syndrome, depression, things like that. But unlike Gris, a ridiculously, ridiculously hard, challenging game. so fucking hard. But a game that integrates that difficulty into the message in this re- yeah. crazy clever way. Yeah, I'm only about one, two, three, four. I think I'm fourth. I just did the hotel stage. Oh, okay. You got a long so, way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. That's, that gets okay, hard. Uh, it's very difficult. But it, it is about uh, overcoming um, the demons within, uh, overcoming illness. Uh, yeah, it's pretty exceptional. And has that same kind of message, but takes a different approach than Gris. Instead of taking the more journey approach, it takes a, an approach I've never really encountered. I guess Florence is the closest analogy, where mm. the gameplay mechanics reflect the mental journey you're going through in a really interesting yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, that's the thing I think the, the real key between the two is. Because I, I feel like there's there's people who are like, oh, fuck yeah, Celeste, and fuck yeah, Gris. And some people who are into both, which as yeah. well you can be. Um, I think that it's very much like one is a game, one is an experience. Okay. I think that's the best way. Because, like, Chris is, like, five and a half, six hours long max. Like well, That's you, actually kind of long for that kind of game. I'm, in, I'm impressed by that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, like, taking your time and, like, kind of okay. doing it slowly. Yeah. Um, I'm probably about two and a half to three hours in okay. at the moment. But, like, that's longer than Journey, I think, there. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's my super secret, bad gamer secret. I never played Journey. I know, I missed out. Well, and she just played it the, this year. Oh, like, yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, like, conceptually the deal yeah, behind it, yeah. but, like, it's one of those ones that I've never actually sat well, down. That's the problem with Journeys, if you know what's going to happen. It's still great, but... Right, it's a wonderful, wonderful turn, but at the same time, like, why should I bother now? Watching Angie figure out that her little friend she met wasn't part of the AI? Like, because she didn't know like, for that's a while. Great. That's just so like, wait, good. that's a person? Like, at, like oh no, oh. friend, come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, wait, that's, a, that's it's another like, human. What if the companion cube was actually sentient the whole time? The companion cube was sentient and felt shush, all that shush, pain. Shush, shush, No, yeah. it didn't. No, yes, it didn't. It did. I did it not burn my friend thing. alive like you that. God damn it. Ah! Sorry, you should put a cut there. <laughs> Number four. Okay. Is it back to me now? It's back to you. Oh, Lordy. I have it, Celeste. Um, okay. Um, one of my other ones is uh, God, fucking amazing game, God of War. All right. I really, truly fucking loved this game, and I did not necessarily expect to. Oh, no. Who knew? Well, so, like, I expected it to be very different than any God of War that I had played before. Yeah. Because Kratos with a beard and a dad, as a dad, like, you know things are going to be a little bit dad different. Kratos. But I did not expect this to be as nuanced as it was. And I think that's really what made it so special for me. Um, My very last appointment at E3 several years ago was with this dude I'd never met. Uh, at a, at a uh, Sony appointment and it was this kind of funny dude with a gray beard that talked kind of funny named Corey Barlog and I was in a room full of people listening to him talk about how he'd worked on other stuff with that but his life had changed immensely and he wanted to reflect that change in this work mm-hmm. and unlike a lot of video game PR speak you could just feel 
they like meant it. Winnie the Pooh like sincerity radiating off Cor- this man. Corey, what little I know of him and, and the few times in our past I've crossed, he has, he has been nothing shy of just the most earnest guy. He is. Our Corey Barlog is an earnest mofo. Yeah. Uh, and I've gotten to know him much better since then. I'm and very jealous. He's a, he's a heck of a... Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't me. Like, no, no, no. no, 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 no just I'm like, just giving you He's an amazing dude. and he's, he's, He seems very, very genuinely like fucking great. But yeah, a quick rundown what makes God of War a work of art. Well, I don't know if there is such a thing as a quick rundown of that. Okay. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, you know, on base level as a game, the mechanics are... Simple yet very complex once you get deep into them, especially once you unlock more weapons later on in the game. More weapons, you say? Yes, which I'm not going to spoil because maybe there are some people out there who haven't played it yet. Yeah. Um, it, it, everything is very consistent. Yeah. And while I did have a little bit of a problem with repetition, uh, especially after I reached like, you know, the 15th to 20th hour. Yeah. It was still satisfying every yeah. time. Like once I started doing like the the trials and the challenges and the arenas, like it was just a goddamn blast. Yeah. Um, and when you factor in on top of that, the great world building that they did, this bizarre new setting that they had. Yeah, I love which it. I fucking loved. Like so much of the shit that they did with the Norse gods. Because like when they were like, oh yeah, it's Norse gods. I was like, all right, I see what's gonna happen. No, I fucking don't know what's gonna happen right. here. Um, they really, really are clever with the storytelling. They really, truly are. And like, what I love is that they embrace sort of the the like true grit version of Norse mythology, they do. where like Odin's a real piece of shit. Yep, and like he's a vindictive bastard. But they also embrace like suddenly like they evoke the spirit of Harry Chapin. Like this is the most cats in the cradle video game oh I've ever so seen. But that's the thing. And, and so like then that really is the icing on top of the cake where it's like it's very very difficult to tell tell a a a, a like father-son story in a video game and have it work. Like you I've seen the only other game that I can really think of is perhaps The Last of Us with Joel yeah. and Ellie. And it's such a difficult dynamic to really get right where it's like you have a parent and a child at odds with one another yeah. and without it without it feeling forced or ham-fisted and it never did not in God of War it's incredible it's, it, the, the writing in that game is just yeah un freaking believable yeah. and like every every story beat builds on the last one in a great way like I never felt like any dialogue was wasted that's it uh, and as much as I enjoy the mechanics as much as I enjoy the unbroken camera angle the incredible technical prowess man, of the neat. game the, the but the writing <laughs> and yes yeah. the performances are good but man that's a well written script like yes. oh, yeah, so yeah. good the entire creative team like just all operating in perfect sync like it's stellar it's a stellar fucking game if you have not played it short, shy of not being able to go out and like buy yourself a PS4 please find a way to play God of all right, so back to this very short half-hour episode. Oh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> okay, so on top of that, uh, two more. Uh, here I see a game that is not new. How dare you, my friend? How dare you? It is relatively sort of new. It is new on a technological level. It is. And on a platform. Indeed. And actually, this is one that I may, in my final list, still make the cut. But please continue. Oh, for Shadow of the Colossus yes. remake? Yes, indeed. Um, it is one because I never got to play the first one. So this was, it was, it, it didn't, it was, it was, it was a little frustrating because I look at it and I look at the way that they tell story. If you can't tell, I really love narrative design. Like that's really what, what gets me the most in terms of, of playing games. Um, that's like the whole reason that I love video games in the first place is because I think they're the best next narrative medium. You, sir, are a lush this evening. I don't know well what you're talking about. Done. Um, 
So I'd never played the first Shadow of the Colossus, and it was sort of... I had a very high bar set. Yeah. And I was surprised to have it met. That's nice. You just heard about this legendary video game exactly. storytelling experience. Exactly. And, you know, I didn't... It was not the... Like, because I know there are some people who are like, oh my God, it's the best fucking game ever. Like, holy shit. Like, you, you could play one game and then die. It's fucking this one. That's not this for me. Um, so anyways, this did not get totally blown out of the water for me. I mean, there there was a, a high-level expectation yeah. that it didn't quite reach from, like, the, the fanboyest of fanboys mm-hmm. for this game. But it was really, truly something that, that I was so glad to have finally been able to experience well, and to have been able to experience in such a way that it was still as good as it was. This was, Angie had never played Shadow, and we sat down with the remake, and I had always encouraged her to play it. So we start, and the intro cinematic is like 15 minutes, and there's yeah. a bunch of guys talking, it's like, oh, this is so awkward. Yeah. And then the before time, and, and the long, and long she's ago. Like, and she's looking at me like, seriously, I'm done. I'm like, no, hang around. And Stick then she hangs it. around, learns to move around, and then she gets to the point where there's the first Colossus. And Angie keeps trying to find a way not to kill the Colossus. Because I don't want to kill right. the Colossus. Right. And she's like, can I? She's like, and she's like, I I thought I was going to make friends with it. Nope. Sorry. And I'm like, no. And she's like, I have to kill it? And I was like, well, that's to save the girl. And she's like, but fuck her. And she just goes, I don't want to play anymore. Oh, no. And she wasn't like, and she wasn't like, this is a bad game. She's like, nope. I'm done. I can't kill that. It's too beautiful. It's too fucking glorious. Like, and don't get me wrong. Like, not all the Colossi are fucking that sweet. Like the gi- no, the giant Tinker Toy Robot Man. Fuck that guy. There are fuck Colossi that deserve to die. He didn't but, deserve to die, but I just don't care. I am yeah. ambivalent to his death. I don't know that flying mofo. Um, he's a but, piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but only because I kept fucking falling back into the goddamn water all the fucking time. But yeah, it, it's it's quite an experience. There's nothing even it was now, really great. Nothing quite like it. Yeah, and, and again, like this. This is another one of those zeitgeist games, I think, for me, where it is something that I, on a per like, and this is like a, a personal level, like game of the year consideration thing, where it's just like this was something so impactful for me. I think more so because I hadn't played the original. I think yeah. if I had played the original back when it first came out, this would not nearly be as as big a game this year for me as it was. I nailed me pretty hard. I was amazed no, by no, how no, well it still it held good. Up. It was still great. Yeah, but I think if I had known what was coming, if I had gone through yeah. the entire thing, it would have been a very different story. What was what was your other one? For me, um, this is going to sound funny, but I, and again, I've been going back and forth on this list a lot. But there's a game, a little game called Minute. Is that the that's the the VR mouse, right? No, no, that's uh, that's Moss. No, so Minute is a little game. Uh, okay, yes, it's entirely right. monochromatic. Yep. It was uh, it was released by Devolver. It was published by Devolver, done by a very small team. And Minute is about your little duck man. It's uh, kind of a top-down, looks like a monochrome Zelda almost, black with white, like, drawn. Okay. Okay? You're a little duck man, and you walk out of your little house, and you pick up a sword. The moment you pick up the sword in the game, you are locked into a curse. Every 60 seconds, you will die. Period. Every 60 real-world seconds, you die. Oh, shit. Okay. And so what you have to do is you have 60-second bursts to run out of your house change something, die, and the world stays changed, but you keep coming back. Interesting. So you're solving puzzles and interacting with an so adventure game. So it's the opposite game. of Groundhog Day. Kind of. Yes, cool. Exactly. I'm into that. It's Groundhog Day, but every change you make remains. 
And so you keep coming back to life and you're changing the world in little increments, solving puzzles in pieces. That's some of which, awesome. Yeah. What platform is that it's, on? It's everything. You can play it on okay, everything. Great. It's on Switch now. It's on mobile? PC. It's on, uh, I don't know if it's on mobile. It's on Steam. I assume it's not. It's on Steam. Uh, okay. I don't know if there's a mobile version. There's a Switch version though. Um, okay, cool. We'll have to get a Switch, but you know. Yeah, it is. Uh, but you play it on your PC. It'll run on. I play, I play on my Switch at work. It's very non-demanding. It'll run on like a laptop or something. My um, thing is portability. Okay. Uh, anyway, minute, and it's only at its core, it's like a two to three hour experience. And then there's actually a lot of post game built in. Cool. That's pretty cool. But I have never played a game like minute and it's very rare that I can say I've never played a game like this. It looks when you first see it, you're like, it looks kind of Zelda ish, but it doesn't play that way. It almost plays more like an adventure game, Hmm. but controlled like a quick action Zelda game. Okay. And the clever things they do with the puzzles. That's what I love about Minute. I'm into it's it. like, if I'm dying constantly, how can I make death an asset? Uh, and they Fair, find yeah. some really great ways to do that. Cool. So that sounds Minute. really great. That yeah. sounds super neat. I love Minute. Uh, I'm a big fan of that game. I think that brings us to the end of our not the title of this show list. So here we are at Red Dead Redemption 2, Two. which is on both of our lists. Of course it is. I mean, I feel like it's it's... Regardless of if you've never... Like, if you only played five minutes of it, if you didn't play it at all, like, I feel like you have to be aware of this game to the point where, like, it's just sort of on your list. Well, I mean, it's out there, right? It's it's from the producers of the world's biggest console video game. Yep. Um, arguably the world's biggest video game alongside Minecraft. Yeah, uh, and I mean, well, and Fortnite, I feel like. And Fortnite, But, yeah. but there's a difference. Yeah, because know? GTA exists in a, well, both of those games, you know, Fortnite's very new. Yeah. Minecraft has been around right. for a while. GTA has been around since the mid '90s. Yes, and it, it, it yet remains culturally relevant. I mean, which is which is nuts. It's the game that's it existed on PC in one and two. Yep. It sold the PlayStation two. It's yes. the game that made the PS two and yep. created the the modern gaming console space. Yes, and the and the open world game as we know it. Yeah, like straight up, like Grand Theft Auto three, we would not have. Any other, we would not have Shadow of the Colossus. We would not, well, we might eventually, but not nearly as soon as we did. It, it changed the way we thought about what video games could be. Exactly. Yes. Um, and then it continued to do so, you know. Yeah. It, it kept iterating on it. And I think that's what really blew me away when GTA Five came out. It was like, okay, this is the best that Rockstar can manage. And now, guess who fucking proved me wrong again? And yeah. and that's the thing. like, Because Red Dead Redemption 2, we said it on the show before, is as much a sequel to GTA Five as it is to Red Dead 1. And yeah. uh, it's designed to be a state-of-the-art advancement. And in my opinion, it's Rockstar's best game. Um, yes. It's not, which is weird because even now it might not be my favorite. Favorite's a whole other can of worms. I love Chinatown yeah. Wars so much, even I though I recognize it's a, I haven't played Chinatown Oh my Wars. gosh, it's so good. Um, but You can feel, you but, can feel me that that'll be a whole other episode. But Red Dead 2 is a better game. Than, oh, it is. It is Chinatown Wars, hands down. Yes. Yeah, and it's solely on a technical level alone. It is their best game, one of the most impressive pieces of video game technology that I have ever seen. Yeah. It's the um, best story I think they've ever told um, that I can think of. Uh, Bully was good, uh, but a little too satirical for my taste is a great story. Um, yeah, I, I think that the the story, the, the single player main narrative for me is legitimately the the weakest aspect of Red Dead 2. Okay, that's right. You like that a little less than I did. I forgot. Well, so I, it's not that I don't like it. Don't right, let me but say, you like it less than I did. That's different. Yes. You know, I there. I think the overall arc of the single player narrative, of specifically of Arthur's story, yeah. I absolutely love. I think 
have the, uh, you know I feel like if you're watching this show, I don't have to really worry about spoilers because you've probably at this point a bunch of it. We're if, spoiling things. If you have still not finished the single player campaign oh. story, whatever you want, to run call it, now. Yeah, we're not gonna it's just, go like, for it, John. Spoil it. Okay, we're, cool. we're at spoiler here. The the fact that it is a man who, on the whole, is sort of having to look at his life and say, "How badly have I fucked this up?" <laughs> Like legit, because like with the first one with John, it was like him him trying him seeing an end goal in sight, being like, "I can fix this. I'm gonna fix this, and I'm gonna go back to my house, and life's gonna be fucking great." And with Arthur, it is the exact opposite. It's yeah. like my I am like even before he knows he's going to die. Yeah, he's like, I don't know what the fuck comes next in my life. In fact, I'll probably be dead soon. Yeah, has it been worth it? Not really. Not really. <laughs> Not fucking really. And that is. Such an interesting place for a character to be. Yes. Um, and and so, like, on the whole, I really love Arthur's A to B to C. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a bunch of things that I think, you know, if I were making Red Dead Redemption 2, if, if I, you know, had precise narrative control, I think I would have done a few things differently, mm-hmm. um, made a few things shorter, definitely condensed some things, maybe heightened some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the whole, I really do love the story that they yeah. told. Um, I think, you know, leading into the original game mm-hmm. is a little bit difficult from from like a lore and canon perspective. Yeah. Um, well, that puts you in a hard spot. I mean, we had, uh, it hasn't been released yet, but the next episode after this one's already recorded, and that's me and Casey. And I had <gasps> Casey on because she... She never played the first. Never one, played the first, which one. and so didn't and didn't know how it ended when she was playing Red Dead Two. That's yeah. part, how that's possible. Well, I kind of ruined that for her during our wiki time on it, so I felt yeah. bad about that. Yeah, but but um, that's... we actually had a really great full discussion about that too when we did our spoiler cast for Red Dead Two. You can check that out on iAgenda.com, and I highly recommend you do because we have a lot of very silly and good discussion about the entirety yeah. of that game. You're gonna enjoy that episode because she has a completely unique perspective on the game. It's yeah, really she cool. really truly does, um, and that was that was one of my favorite highlights from that. that she show. didn't know Dutch was the bad guy. That's great. I felt bad because I also ruined that for somebody at my office with a uh, with a programming support request. It was a bummer. Um, <laughs> I know, right? I got a fucking I got a message on Slack, and he was like, "What the fuck? You're like, you what is what? this? What? Did I better not have just read what I think I just?" And I was like, "Dude, I'm sorry. Sometimes spoilers got... for an eight year old game." Yeah, exactly. At this point, you like, gotta... I feel bad, but at the same time, like it's more your fault than mine at this point. So, is it the game of the year? It is mine. Okay, I think. For so so many reasons, um, I think that you know while I did have my issues with the story, and and sort of the way that they handled a few things like that, it also did things to me that that no other game did. And that's mm-hmm. before I even get into exploring the open world and the actual gameplay of it, um, plus the longevity that I'm sure it will have with Red Dead Online. Yeah. Um, but honestly, it it is very few games like made me really fucking feel things this year and this was one of them and it made me feel things that I didn't expect like Gris made me sympathetic and and it it sort of hit me with feelings like really on the nose and was like you're gonna feel things right now and I was like okay I'm gonna feel things time to feel with this I was feeling things that I didn't expect in really unique ways and I fucking loved it and I I, I think I talked about this when I came on the show and we discussed it once we had sort of gotten towards the end of our single player uh, experience the the last five to ten hours when after Arthur has met his end and you're playing as John 
all of those moments, part there was a part of my brain that was like, ah, you guys really going to show me building this fucking house? But they did. And A, it's a fucking adorable montage, yes. which is delightful. The way they use music in the epilogue, as good as it's used in the main game, good lord, music's used yeah. well in the epilogue. Um, like him proposing to Abigail. Yeah. Him taking Jack fishing, mirroring Arthur and him and Jack way earlier. Or as I've said on here over and over and over again, and people are probably going to get tired of it, my favorite moment in the game, when we have the singing cowboy number, when John finally puts on the gear, walks out the door, the sun is shining. Yeah. He gets on the horse and freaking Gene Autry is playing suddenly. That's like, very good. And you're like 60 hours into the world's most depressing video game. It's like, like what by the, the way, we're happy cowboys. And I was like, yay, <laughs> I love it so much. Right? Um, <laughs> but all of those moments, like also like they were fun. They were, they were fun, like fun, good fan service moments. But all of them also hurt me very deeply, which was weird. Like, to be seeing, like, oh, we're building a house, and I'm ranching cattle and sheep. Yes. But then also, you know, every time you he would hammer a board into place or drop a fence post for the fence around Beecher's Hope, I would see the end of Red Dead 1, where he's walking yep. out of the barn. And, and like great storytelling. It really, really, really is well put together. And then on top of all of that, there's the fact that it is simply just a technical marvel. Uh, before you move the technical end, okay, yes, a, please. I'll we both, happily talk about narrative. We both stuff. have this on our list, but there's a there's so a, yeah. Let's let's backtrack. Is it yours? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for for reasons I've expressed before on here, but more um, concisely, the combination of the state of the art advancement, the technical work, but but more impressively for me, this, in a very personal level, this is the video game that was made for me. Like nobody, if they had yep. been like Jared, we're going to make a checklist of things you love in a video game. Yep. Open world cowboy game. Into it. Deep fidelity to historical accuracy. Concern with social commentary combined with a sense of comedy and whimsy. Mm -hmm. Stunning natural beauty. Yes. Worshipful treatment of American nature. Yeah. uh, And biomes as part of the West. Deep sound engineering. Extraordinary music. Relatable character driven rather than plot driven story. Yep. Seamless integration of dialogue and player agency choice. Yep. Like, a, a deeper level of interaction than we have really ever seen with a bunch of NPCs, short of games that do it less good. But without having to break into Bioware menu world. It, exactly. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, that's the thing, yeah. where it's so seamless and yet also so very, very immersive. Yeah, they made, they made my game, John. Um, yeah, it's so, it's really truly phenomenal, and I, it's a work of art. It's yeah. a great work, and I know, and I see plenty of flaws in it. Um, maybe someday I'll have the show where I just list all my beefs. But, <laughs> but I would love to be here for that episode. Well, maybe we'll do that. But that, but the for me, we have I, to call it "Where's the Beef." <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, one of the one of the things for me that was most impacting, I didn't expect to enjoy the epilogue as much as I did. I did not think we'd play as John in this game, as I stated many times. You did, you did. I was I was was not surprised by it. Um, it, Honestly, if anything, like the fact that the rest of my post game now has to be sent with John as opposed to Arthur, I kind of wish that there was a cheat to body swap. Uh, So you could just be like (laughs) Arthur. Arthur Arthur is hands down my favorite Rockstar protagonist. Yeah, Um, he is. He is delightful in all of his his joys and mirthfulness, and he is also delightful in all of his wickedness yeah i, I like and that. that is such a hard fucking balance to that is hard to get no he's he's practically he's like a more likable walton goggins <laughs> yeah they my current playthrough i'm playing through again uh 
Arthur, I'm playing Bad Arthur. Mm-hmm. And Bad Arthur has, he, he basically is uh, Stephen Ogg from Westworld Season 1. Okay. He's just got like the tiny little Western hat and like the big fuck off mutton chop. Yeah, got to have those. Um, and, you know, he never hits the greet button once. He's um, like, he's like, he's antagonized. <laughs> exactly. Who let the imbecile out of the asylum? There it is again. Time. Over and over again. Um, but that's the difference, though. It's like, Bad Arthur is wicked and, and oftentimes cruel, but he's never, like, insidious. He's yeah. never evil. Yeah, he, he's he has bad, elements, but he's bad, but he's, but not, he's, he's not pure evil. He's right. not, he, he tends to see people as people. Which is the difference yes. between him? I think they're not tools. Yeah, I think I think there's a sociopathic element that you have to somebody like Dutch or Micah that doesn't exist in Arthur. Arthur has right. empathy. He, at the very least, he understands that he's murdering a person. Yes, he's like Arthur is making a choice to kill somebody. Yeah, like well, so one of my favorite things, like the first time that I, you know, that I stopped a witness because I had done, I had beaten somebody, I hadn't killed them, um, I had beaten them up and I had tied them up because they were being a pain in the ass but somebody thought that was a bad thing for me to do and I was like stop don't do it and I I was like okay you know what fuck it you've made this difficult you made me run I'm gonna rob you too yeah and they they were like okay I'll leave you alone but once I tried to rob them then they were like you know what no fuck and like Arthur immediately puts like six holes in his chest and but then he's like you damn fool you should have just listened and I was like oh fuck like you're saying it like you're just kind of like pissed off but like god damn man. you didn't like, want to kill him i didn't know no. like and you should just give the fucking money yeah. there's there's a lot of that in there so hey there's a you mentioned john and the building the house and the rest and that reminded me of something um hmm. there's a uh you ever read the book of job i can't say as i did if I, I did it was a long time ago and had more pictures than words the book of job is the oldest book of the bible most mm-hmm. likely it's very very old and it's what's called a theodicy i know i know the vague story of job okay great yeah it's, where it's god a, keeps curt like giving him trials and trials and trials and taking right away and this, taking this, away and this taking completely away. good man that's going through horrible things yeah it's, it's a surprise when you start thinking about like you know scripture and bible verses and i'm not trying to be like pretentious i know no 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 but i mean that's that's kind of the wonderful thing about this game is that it sort of moves you to those deeper thoughts and you know look i have played a bunch of great open world games set in western settings like look i love far cry 5 yeah i love the fact that i can have a pet bear named cheeseburger and sick him on a bunch of crazy assholes but (laughs) even though the bad guy in that game is literally a cultist who is preaching the word of the lord as armageddon approaches oh no i'm totally no, no part of me was like oh you know what i'm gonna think about now fucking scripture I'm totally stealing this from my my boss Greg Miller, but we we're talking the other day about Far Cry Five, and I just, adore it. I love that game. It's you watch the Game Awards though, right? Uh, for Far Cry New Dawn, yeah. yeah. But like it's like you're standing up there and he's like, "Hey, we didn't get nominated for any awards at the Game Awards." Oh, I missed that bit. But, well, he doesn't say that, but he's like, uh, "By the way, here's how Far Cry Five ends." Like is like as we all know at the end of Far Cry Five, like and it's just like, well. <laughs> There we go. And it's not like a subtle thing. It's like, but the end of Far Cry 5, the world is nuked. Sorry. Like, you're like, well, okay. Well, maybe it is. Yeah. If you get the bad ending, you die before you can find out if it gets nuked. I love that you are among the three mortals that know the end of Far Cry 5 or the canonical endings of of Far Cry 5. Oh, well, I did the guide for it. Yeah. Yeah. Far Cry games are fun. I, here's the thing. I will always love Far Cry games. They're, like, they're, they're stupid and wonderful. They really, truly are. Like, they they have their faults, for sure. Like, I, I really... Legitimately, Far Cry 5 so far is my favorite Far Cry. Yeah. Um, 
and I think it has the one of the least interesting antagonists of the entire crew. Like I thought the concept for I, it was fucking great. I'm sweaty and evil. No, he 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 talks a lot cleaner than that. Hi, I'm sweaty and evil. There it is, perfect. There we are, yeah. A lot. He's a lot less seductive than that. But you know what? I kind of like your new take on it. I want a game that combines Far Cry, Just Cause, and oh. Crackdown. Like, so you I want, want mercenaries so played on a destruction? That sounds amazing. Yeah, I know. It's free right now on Xbox Live. Excellent. All right. So Far Cry aside, though, uh, you, you do end up with this this kind of Far Cry doesn't. It tried to be overt, but it was just so very, very, very Ubisoft, and it, therefore takes you away. There's not anything wrong with that. No, like it is a very kind of specific game. style of game, and I really do love it. But it's not the kind of game that will make me think Jack Handy's deep thoughts. Yeah, like, Where, which Red Dedicationally did, or God yeah. of War did, or Absolutely. Celeste did. Right, or, and yeah. like there are things that I think God of War does manage to to do a little bit better than Red Dead. Mm-hmm. But I still think that for me. And this is sort of where that zeitgeist thing that we were talking about earlier comes in. Like, Red Dead 2 is unequivocally been the biggest game this year. Yeah. Like, since we got the new release date, even... The release date was announced in early this year, in early 2018. I don't remember. Yeah, I remember. Point is, when people knew that it was coming this year, it was like, all right, that's it. Like, you saw other studios scrambling to get (laughs) out of its way. Out of the blast radius. Like, hey, well, guess what? We launch on October 26th. Rockstar's like, hey, Red Dead 2 is coming October 26th. Except Every other studio was like, oh, we're not fucking doing that anymore. Sorry. Except for Bethesda with Fallout 76. No, they came out like a week after. Yeah, still. Well, was... look, they knew why they did that, though. They made their choice. No, oh, I'm not going to make fun. I don't want to dogpile on that mess already. I do. It's a studio I love that made Look, it's a studio like I love that made a shitty game. Yeah. And that, honestly, I'm sorry, guys, if this is too harsh. Like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Sometimes the dream dies. Sometimes yeah. the dream Sometimes dies. Sometimes life doesn't hands. find a way. Yes. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Sometimes the frogs don't switch genders. So genders. Sometimes they just die in their fucking eggs oh, getting trampled on so by sad. Todd Howard's Triceratops. That's such a sad story. It's really I think, God, I hope nobody has to watch this episode. Is one big pile. That's one big pile of shit. There we are. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we both. Pick Red Dead Redemption 2 as our game of the year, unsurprisingly, if you're watching the show, duh. But hey, uh, we want to give you some of our reasons why. One last thing I didn't cover, um, God of War, a game that I, I, I feel extraordinarily close to, Celeste, a game I feel very close to. Ultimately, uh, while I think that some of the writing is, is super tight in God of War and Celeste, those are games on far more limited scopes that don't exactly. have to blend an open world with a narrative story. You're, there are two stories. In Red Dead Redemption 2, the story of Arthur Morgan, the character and his gang, and the story of Arthur Morgan, the character you play in the wild, yeah. somehow they built a narrative that didn't that, just work there, but that was moving in yeah. that. And no, that's right. Right. no, I mean, that just doesn't happen in video games. Right. And so, I mean, that's the thing where it's like, you know, I think that there are like individual moments and like tiny little like sub, sub, sub character arcs that could have been done better. But on the whole, the entire experience, start to finish with the single-player campaign, and the fact that I know that I'm going to be playing this game for ages on end online, which you still owe me a goddamn session of, really, like, even discounting online. Yeah. Like, the fact of the replayability for it. Like, the the single-player really is truly something special. It is. And then the online is pretty darn cool, and still in beta. 
So see yeah, and you know, hopefully we'll see that come out of beta soon, and we'll see some some interesting content. If you haven't seen, have we talked about the economy updates? We yeah, have I not think, talked about them that together much yet. Oh, I think we have to film another show. Yeah, right? that's we're, a whole other thing. thing. We yeah, can talk that's about that's that another thing. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on to talk about this game that I really like. Thank you for coming on to talk about this game that we both really like. Thank Aww. you for watching, listening, at all, etc. You can always mail us at mail at reddeadradio.com. We'll hope you will. If you want to support the show, that's reddeadradio.com. That's where you can back the Patreon at all, etc. And again, I hope you will get some nice exclusives there and back some of the other things I do. I'm not going to make the long pitch tonight. John Ryan, anything you want to point out before we go? Um, you're really great. Thank you for having me on. You should go and check out uh, the official IGN Game of the Year nominees, which are all over at IGN.com. Hey, you should check those out. And if because... you're having any problems playing Red Dead Redemption 2, if you're having like game help stickums, stick stick ups, if you're stuck yep. on anything, uh, swing on over to our wiki because we all worked really, really hard on it. John Ryan, give me the inside scoop. How much yelling was there in the room this year during the Game of the Year meetings? Um, less than you would probably expect. It was less than very normal? civil this year, yeah. Oh, okay. I always enjoyed the I yelling. mean, look, there was still yelling. Like, there's not... It was always fun to watch friends yell at one another about video games. <laughs> Just nerd fights breaking out around I will t- fucking kill you! This game deserves to be it! I mean, it those really kinds of moments have happened. I've witnessed them. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, it's a good thing that we didn't drink beers during it because there oh. would be bottles shattered. Do you remember the top 100 meetings? Oh, my God. Those were... Uh, look, uh, you're going to give me PTSD. We can't do this. The thing. top 100 meetings. Try Meeting in a room, try to decide the top 100 games of all time with 25 other people who do that for a living. But here's the thing, though. is It, it is a nightmarish, hellish experience, and, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Oh, no. I, like, it's those, one of my absolute favorite times to do group content. My two favorite things, I think, that happened during my time working at IGN professionally. One were the top, was the top 100, and all those meetings that yep. were so much fun and so educational and so passionate, yep. seeing the passion people had, the nerd love just pouring out. And the other was the annual Christmas party, swapping the gifts. Um, ah, the Yankee swap, but not called the Yankee swap. Exactly. Yes, I really enjoy those. those That's next fun. week for us. I've got. Oh, no shit, kidding. Oh, man. See, you should I, come. I just, would that would that be a little weird? Probably. Yeah. But I, I don't if, care if I showed up for the. For I'm the weird. Christmas Haven't you noticed? Swap. I'm kind of weird. I'm a if weird you, guy. I tell you what. I don't if you exactly guys want to invite in. me to the Christmas swap, I'm, I'm inviting you right now. I'm so tempted. I don't. Sorry if anyone from editorial or video is watching this, but uh, I'm sorry. You better watch out. All right. Hey, thanks. It's been an absolute pleasure, buddy. Bye.